You are listening to Keith Price's Curtain Call. I get away from the hustle and crowds And all that rat race noise Down in the street On the roof is the only place I know Alright, this is Keith Price and welcome back to another edition of Keith Price's Curtain Call. And you hear that music in the background, you hear it? Mm-hmm. She's up on the roof, y'all. I I have to tell you that sometimes I I marvel at the fact that I get these opportunities to talk to fabulous people. And I have to say that as time goes on, I get very excited because I get to talk to folks that if you know, if you follow me or you follow the, the, the trades, you know I'm talking to a legend. I am now sitting in her living room because this is how fancy she is for me because I, I will go to the Tony Award winning, Emmy Award winning, award nominated for so many different things, the fabulous and gorgeous Miss Leslie Uggams. Oh my God, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I- Okay, first of all, it is a treat. Thank you so much for doing this with me. I'm taking off my glasses because I feel much closer. I don't have to be so far. Um, this is a very, very fabulous time right now for you, I have to say. For those of us who, you know, pay a little attention to people's in their careers, like you're in, um, you've been in a hit movie that's been really great that everyone is talking about, Deadpool, and you are on a TV show right now that everybody's talking about, Empire. Uh, you've recorded. you got this fabulous Uptown Downtown, which, of course, up on the roof, that's what y'all heard earlier. That's what it comes from. Um, how does this feel right now? Because, I mean, you've been doing this for minutes, <laughs> but what does this feel like right now? So much fun. I cannot tell you. I'm just having the best time, and the fans have just been amazing, and it's a, a whole new fan base now because of the comic book right. Deadpool playing mm-hmm. Blind Al. So I, I, I have those fans and uh, then I have the fans of Empire, which was a show that I was a fan of even before I was on it. Right. So to be on it, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's just magnificent and uh, so, so many of the young people have discovered me now. I, I, well, you know, I was just thinking because, you know, I, I came in with my list of questions and things I wanted to try to catch on and this was one of the things that was on my, my conversational topic moment was you have a whole new group of people that are now discovering Leslie Uggams, and they get to go back if they are Googling the way I know they are now. They get to go back a long journey with you. <laughs> what kinds of responses are you getting from the younger people that are like, I didn't know that she did that? Like, oh, I didn't know you sang. <laughs> <laughs> you know, most of them don't realize that I started off it as a singer. And uh, so they're discovering that because I have so much stuff on YouTube. So they get, you know, they get to see that. And uh, also, uh, a lot of them weren't around when we did the original Roots, you know. Right. So they're getting to test that out to see what the original was like. Mm-hmm. And Kizzy, you know, <laughs> that, that kind of thing. And uh, as I said, I have the young, a lot of young male fans because of Deadpool. Right. Being so, you know, successful and playing that mm-hmm. wild, crazy, crazy character. character that I love. I mean, so how exciting is that for you, though? Because at this stage now, there are still 
new things for you to explore, don't you think, as an actress? Well, I'm always uh, a risk taker anyway, and I like exploring, and I never wanted to say, you know, well, I did this, and that's all I ever want to do. I always want to try new things. Mm -hmm. And so this has just been so much fun for me. And of course, and my children are enjoying it. And I, we have a little grandbaby who's six years old, mm -hmm. and so, you know, she, uh, she knows Nana from seeing me on do stuff on stage and right. a couple of things on TV, but she got to see two scenes of Deadpool by mistake, but it worked out. <laughs> Luckily, it was the television version, so Nana wasn't <laughs> using those words, but in her little six-year-old eyes, she thought I was hysterical. Wow. H hysterical. Of course, she can't watch Empire because mm -hmm. she's in bed, and, and it's not the show for her right now at six. <laughs> but, uh, you know, every now and then she'll say to me, Nana, you were so funny in Deadpool. And I go, people listening, oh <laughs> they probably God. say, what kind of grandmother is she? <laughs> I love it, too, because I remember um, the last time that you and I had a chance to have a quick conversation. I think it was at Barnes & Noble's for the, the Black Broadway book event. And that was when I'd asked you, like, what kinds of things you had coming up, and you were like, I can't really talk about it. I want to talk about it, but I can't. I'd love to, but I shan't. I shan't. And I was like, ooh, this is going to be really good. And then all of a sudden, Deadpool, Empire. <laughs> um, um, what, else, what was it else that you had coming out at that time? So you had like a whole little cadre of things happening all at once. And I was like, when did she have time to do all of this? <laughs> well, uh, the funniest thing, I mean, with Deadpool was it was such a secret kind of thing that the only person that knew I was doing it, other than my agents, mm -hmm. was my husband. We, I, we could not tell our kids. So when I was leaving to go film it, they uh -huh. were saying, so where are you going, Mom? You know, I was telling them where you're going. So I'm going, well, I'm going to do a film. Well, what's the film? I can't tell you. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? You can't tell me, you know. <laughs> you, you, you know so it was, uh, it, it was really funny. I always seem to get these projects that you can't speak about it until it's announced, you know. So, so it's been fun. It's been awesome, fun. though. But that's, that's fabulous. I'm talking with Miss Leslie Uggams at her house. How are you doing here in the Big Apple? And we were talking on the curtain call about her career and just this excitement that has generated itself around you after, you know, being in the business for a minute. So I guess I'd love to go back, if we could, to the early days when you first started because you started very, very young um, and, and at, the t and at a time when it seemed like the, the only outlet that people of color had at that time was entertainment or being a part of the entertainment circle in a way that there was a modicum of, of success that you could build for yourself as well as you know whatever respect that there was able to garner in that period. So when you look at that now and compare yourself of where you started to where you are right now, what is one of the biggest glaring, um, wonderful moments about how times have changed for you? Well, first of all, I have to say the fact that I started at six and I'm still working, knock on wood. You know, uh, I, I, I'm blessed because, you know, so many people don't have that luxury. I mean, this is seven decades of me being employed. <laughs> Wait, hold up. First of all, A, seven decades. B, if you were able to sit here next to Ms. Leslie Uggams, when you, she said seven decades, then you add, um, stop. That is, I, I refuse to believe that. But go ahead, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, uh, and, and so, and in that time, the business that I'm in has changed so much 
some of it's still slow, mm-hmm. but it has changed a, a lot. You know, I started at six working with Ethel Waters on a show called Beulah, where I played her niece for one episode. And I remember that they wanted my hair to be in Piccaninny braids. And Ethel Waters said, you see how her hair is the way her mother does her hair? That's the way it's going to be. So here, you know, we're talking about Piccaninny braids. This is in, in um, 1949, 1950. Wow. So, and... Ethel Waters, the Ethel Waters, it was a local show. It wasn't even a national show. And her boyfriend was played by Dooley Wilson, Mm -hmm. who was the wonderful actor who played against Sam in Humphrey Bogart's Casablanca. That was him. He he did so many other things, but that was his famous, famous thing. And I mean, he's, you know, they're on local television. We were filming in the Bronx somewhere, Mm -hmm. you know. And so the, the... as I was starting, television was in its infancy. Right. So a lot of changes started to happen where you saw a lot of children's shows. So I did a lot of contests and children's shows. But I was on one contest um, where a young African-American boy had won the grand prize, which each week you won a prize, but the grand prize was a car. And he was a tap dancer. He won that. Later on, I came on right after him, and the sponsors didn't want to give a, a <laughs> car to another African-American. Mm-hmm. We, well, wait, wait, colored I, then, I was right? going to say, uh, mm. Negro going into colored. <laughs> <laughs> so they weren't having that. So I was seven, and they wow. literally tied the clock because we had you had meters then mm-hmm. and the audience applause mm-hmm. and as I'm standing on the stage is a, a man going underneath the clock tying it so that I wouldn't win wow. you know so I mean you, you're talking about wow. television and and and, and race mm-hmm. situations as I was growing up so I've seen a lot of different things but I also had an aunt that was in the theater and so I got to go to the theater at an early age. My first Broadway show was Porgy and Bess because my Aunt Eloise was in it. And it was Leontine Price and William Warfield and Cab Calloway uh, <laughs> at the Zigfield oh Theater here, God, you know. So, you know, what a beginning. And then because of my little career, I wound up going to a school called Professional Children's School, uh, elementary through high school and I'm on the board now which is blows me away every time I think about it and um, it was for kids that were in the business mm-hmm. and so one of my classmates was Mary Martin's daughter Hella Hella Holiday oh. so I got to see all those fabulous Mary Martin shows you know wow. the you know the Peter South Pan South the, 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 <gasps> all that going to the theater seeing you know these magnificent kind of shows and everything so I was exposed to theater very early and you didn't see a lot of us other than you know mm-hmm. the, the Porgy and Besses and stuff like right. that so that was always a dream of mine to somehow do the theater and for my parents mm-hmm. for, for them then I was legitimate <laughs> <laughs> well you know it's that and then when you buy them their first house <laughs> then you have made it yes. Yes, 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 absolutely, absolutely. I love that Ms. Leslie Uggams with me here on The Curtain Call. And, you know, again, so theater was in your blood from very early on. So the fact that throughout the, the 
early parts of your career that one of the big pinnacles is you winning a Tony Award for basically your first big musical. And then we're talking about Hallelujah Baby, if y'all are sitting there trying to Google, because I know you will later. But, you know, as we talk about the success moments when they happen, there's also these periods of when you're doing things that folks don't know anything about. And because I took two seconds longer coming up here before I came to see you, that I realized that the, um, what was it, her first Roman experience, whatever that was, was not a hit. <laughs> well, how do you go from Tony Award winning to not a hit? Well, I mean, on paper, this should have been the 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 yes. show because it was Richard Kiley, mm -hmm. who had you know a, Drake, uh, what uh, he he was uh, uh, in, in Man of La Mancha, mm -hmm. you know, and he I mean Richard did so many things. So, uh, and we're doing uh, her first Roman, which is Cleopatra mm -hmm. and Caesar, wow. and we had uh, Irvin Drake. Who wrote the music mm -hmm. and uh, I mean Kevin Carlisle did the choreography so everything I mean we had the advance of life right. but it just wasn't good because unfortunately the director who uh, was originally directing it they wound up getting rid of him and bringing this who was English mm -hmm. and then they brought this other young guy who uh, had no clue and it just as my grandmother used to say, they got wussa and wussa. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, and let me not forget the fabulous Claudia McNeil, too. Mm -hmm. And so by the time we got to Broadway, and then you, you, know, you did a lot of tryouts in uh, several places, but uh, it, just, it just didn't come together. And by the time we got here to New York, we were still struggling to try to work on new stuff and everything. And it just, when, you know, when those reviews came out, yeah. it was like, hello, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but that's, and, that, and that was at a time when the stroke of that pen for a review literally could have been the bloodletting for any show where it was that powerful. It's sort of like at this stage now, you look at how, how even with reviews, who's it? Like, I'm trying to think of what show didn't get great reviews. Like Wicked didn't get a really great review, but look at it now. Exactly, uh, exactly. Uh, word of mouth now is, is what it's all about. And, and the, the, not only that, uh, the, the power of blogs and everything. I mean, now, when you go into rehearsal for a show, mm -hmm. you might as well be doing the show because somehow they find out what mm -hmm. is going on during the rehearsal period. And you're going... How did they know that, you know? Because we have our sources. <laughs> I see. I see. And so I'll never forget I, what show I was doing. And somebody said to me, oh, well, it's, you know, it's only a tryout. I said, honey, there ain't no tryouts. Mm -hmm. I said, when I go out there, I go prepared. Thank you very much. I am not saving it for opening night because the word is going to be out if you don't bring your stuff together. What was it? My... my, my Mother, one of my mother's dearest friends used to always say, um, baby, Christmas is not promised for anybody. <laughs> so, like, opening night is not promised for anybody, so you better get out there and give it 100%. So you see that a lot. I mean, you come from the generation and the era where it was about getting your butt up on that stage and doing the work. There was no half-stepping. There was no figuring it out. You just, you just did it. And you w were able to work with such... 
um, fantastic role models. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, like Dinah Washington, Ella Fitzgerald, these people were like right at your fingertips. What is that like? <laughs> like when you look back at it now, what what is that like? I mean, well, because I was so young, you know, mm-hmm. I was nine and ten and eleven. Uh, it was one of those situations where. Um, my parents were like, oh, my God, my daughter's working with these people. Yeah. For me, they were like my relatives, yeah, you know. Uh, yeah. But I knew they were special, and so I was smart enough that even at that young age, I watched every performance of every show they did the whole time I was working with them. Wow. And so, and, and it, it paid off. And, you know, I always say to the to my audience is that, you know, I learned from being at the Apollo. It's better than any school (laughs) that you could ever go to because you were there, Mm -hmm. you were with an audience, and they let you know what worked and what didn't work, and you got to see people who were it Mm -hmm. and see how they uh, uh, related to an audience. And each of them were different in in their own way, and uh, that was a great, great lesson for me. My my Apollo years, I worked there from 9 to 16, and I, I just learned a lot off stage on stage. Wow. It's like going back to those legends. It's like, was Moms Mabley about that period as she was around there at that time? Moms Mabley, yes. Uh, I used to go see her. I wasn't allowed all the time, mm. but because the, the Schiffmans who owned the Apollo, they would always, you know, let me come in for free. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. This is Leslie Uggins with me here on the curtain call and just sitting gabbing and chatting. Um, it's funny because I think about... Uh, how your, your there was a shift in your career where you were one of as if I'm remember, remember this it's like it's after Nat King Cole you were the first person of color to be leading a, a, a network variety show is that correct you were you were the first African American woman but you were the first after Nat King Cole and there was a big gap of time between that and your show was it like sixty nine or seventy when you were doing that well before that I was the first. Uh, uh, African American woman on national television because of Sing Along with mm-hmm. Mitch, right. Mitch at seventeen, and wow. we were we were a national show, mm-hmm. which was a, a first. Which uh, in the beginning wasn't that way. I mean, uh, the public uh, of the South mm-hmm. having a black young girl with all these white people when when were not happy about it and so the the sponsors uh they would not accept the show so we were not seen in the south and mitch had been trying to get the show for four years and um they wouldn't they blacked me out (laughs) and so what happened was uh the sponsors and the network came to mitch and said you know the show is a fabulous show um you need to get rid of her. And he said, no, 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 no. Wow. And so, and he had signed me to Columbia the year before, right. Columbia Records the year before. And so they said, okay, well then can she be isolated like they did with Lena in the movies? And mm-hmm. Mitch said, no, 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 no. Wow. She's, she's a part of the family, not the way. And then they said, okay, with the single men, can they not touch each other? I mean, they went through everything. everything. And finally, the, the, Mitch kept saying, no, 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 no. And then we became such a smash hit that the South said, hmm, we've been hearing about this show. And most of my most adoring male came from the South. 
Wow. So uh, from that story alone, I picked up two really interesting things that it's like, I think, universal for every person that's in a situation where they are the, I guess, more disenfranchised. And one of them is, is you need to have an ally. Because if Mitch did not say no, 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 your career could be completely different right now. Right? Totally different, absolutely. Because I was on that show for four years, and so therefore I was uh, became like a household mm-hmm. name, and that opened up other avenues mm-hmm. for me. I but uh, you know, um, it was television was tough when it came to uh, uh, African American people at at that time. So for Mitch to stand up that way and say, you know. If she goes, I go. Mm-hmm. That's why I loved him so much. You know, people don't realize how incredible this man was. And, and the risk that he took for himself. And then the second thing that I realized that after hearing that story is that as we still look at the, the history of whatever race, the history of, of life in America, the one thing that still stays consistent is that ultimately money wins in the end because... That's the reason why they ultimately gave in, right? The, yeah, the, we were selling beer like crazy and cars. <laughs> Leslie Uggams. But again, so that's like the hard reality of what it's like to have been in that place. So now when you're sitting on the set of something like Empire, where, you know, it's a whole different ball game, what's that vision like? Because that must be really kind of almost... I would say 180, almost uh, 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 Twilight Zone-ish, isn't it? About the way that people are treated and respected, especially of color on a show like Empire versus there you fighting everything on Mitch. Well, let me first go back to when I had my own television show first, which kind of leads me into the Empire story, is the fact that I was supposed to be doing, uh, coming up with writers, a pilot for me. Uh, acting and then when they CBS fired the Smothers Brothers I wound up having my own television show because I replaced them and it was a big controversy because they they got too political and the whole thing like that and how clever of CBS to say They'll stop talking about the Smothers Brothers because we're going to have this chocolate woman having her own show. (laughs) Yeah, so I wound up with this variety show, which I have to say, John Amos was one of my writers before we know about him in Good Times and 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 and, and, and my father in Roots. Okay, okay. So he was. I had a black cameraman. I had a black conductor. And we had an integrated dance dancers, mm-hmm. uh, Hispanic, black, white. And so we were first in many, many ways. But unbeknownst to us, we didn't realize that we were there, but they had another show that was going to be taking mm-hmm. our place. We weren't going to be there to last. But we had a, a huge rating, mm-hmm. and we had... Uh, 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 Great guests. I mean, you know, I brought, I had flying this family stone, honey. CBS wow. didn't know what hit them. That's <laughs> TV <laughs> <a> Wonder. <laughs> yes, I, you know, a, just fabulous guests mm-hmm. on on the show and everything. But they canceled us after ten weeks, and Hee Haw replaced us. Wow. But there was a segment in our show called Sugar Hill, and we thought maybe they would spin that off. Mm-hmm. But Norman Lear had good times to come on, so oh. that that ended. You know, you can't have. Two at that time, you know. So um, 
that was an experience. And what I, they put me through before I aired mm -hmm. was the head of CBS at that time, when they signed me, looked at me and said, well, you're not so pretty, but we can do something with that. And they put me through makeup and hair. It was unbelievable. It was like having wow. a screen test for a part, which is very funny because many years later, I wound up sitting at the table with that gentleman and his wife, who was no longer the head at CBS. And he said, looked at me, with my husband, he said, you know, you always were a beautiful woman. And wow. I almost choked on my salad wow. <laughs> when he said that. So, you know, you know how. <laughs> and, it's like, and then, of course, you have to, like, maintain some level of professionalism. Like, yes. no, you didn't. Like, yes. really? Yes. You? Oh, 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 so clearly we have forgotten our exchange. <laughs> Wow. And then, then, of course, then with Roots, uh -huh. you know, the success of Roots and everything, we being put on every night was, they were trying to get rid of it because the head of ABC thought it was a bunch of crap mm -hmm. <laughs> and said, you know, oh, gosh, we'll put this on every night. And, of mm -hmm. course, that changed history. So mm -hmm. I'm always involved in things <laughs> that are just unbelievable experiences that wow. always turn out to it's a great journey that I've been on and, and so when you say what about Empire mm -hmm. it is so fabulous to be doing this show with so many talented people I mean mm -hmm. they I mean every one of them is talented right. and to see a story it's it's a fairy tale kind of story yeah. but to see glamour Mm -hmm. and hip-hop and all that. I, you know, I sit on that set and I go, I love doing this show. And, of course, the character I'm playing. Oh, Thank you, Lee Daniels. Thank you, Eileen, because um, she is just a mess. a mess. You know, but I love it because she's so ferocious. That's the part about her that I love. She's, like, she's I don't care, pretty girl. I will slash you. This, that you want it? Come bring it in here. Bring it in here. And I'm like, the, you know what other one? That same role, you know what it reminds me? I remember when I was watching Nurse Jackie. Yes. And you came in with your little thing with uh, Miss Tanya Pinkins. Tanya Pinkins. <laughs> oh, listen, listen to that language. <laughs> well, you know, it's so funny because people come up to me, even fans come up to me, and they go, gee, you you're so nice. <laughs> they, they expect me to be like Leah. I mean, even members of my family, people have said to them, is she really like that? I said, I'm doing my job. Yeah. That's what I'm supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing my job, but you better watch yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You never know. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> now I know where she lives within, so if I have to bring her out for you, don't be mad. That's how it be. It's so funny because Felicia said to me, she said, I didn't know you had that in you. I said, you never know, do you? <laughs> We're talking about Felicia Rashad, who's also in this in, this in piece. Now, yes. It's so funny because, again, like I'm looking at that show and I like, just think about like just the number of the guest stars that have been through it and the, the impact that they've had. It's like it's so wonderful to look at that show and be like, okay, there is no way that anybody can say like we did when we were growing up how often we didn't get to have 
all of these different kinds of images. Like we didn't have the various images. We had specific ones that were meant for us to have. Right. And then it's like this. And here you are now just dipping and doing it, Miss Leslie. Whoa. I'm <laughs> dipping and doing it with gorgeous Terrence oh. <laughs> and fabulous Taraji. Oh. Now, are they, okay, now here's the, the question. Because I um, recently did this this little clip thing about this new show that's opening up called The View Upstairs. It's like a new musical. And it's off-Broadway. And I got to talk to the playwright, composer, lyricist. All the same thing, young, 29, just young. And he had said to me that one of the things about the piece was about the mentorship and how, you know, being the age that he is and being, of course, you know, uh, gay and not feeling a connection to mentors and ha having a connection. And I said, well, you know, I remember during the, the HIV crisis that I lost an entire generation mm -hmm. of potential mentors. Mm -hmm. I said, which forced me to have to step up to be that at some stage of the game with no direction. And then I was like, but then you are here and I'm here and you have a potential mentor if that's what you're looking for. So it's like, who's responsible for making this relationship happen or work because I mean, I can offer myself to you or you could come to me. And I'm thinking that you're sitting on this set. Are people on that, that, that stage, are they coming to you and talking to you about your life and your career? Because I feel like as much as I love Taraji and as much as I love Terrence Howard, to me, there's a lot that they can be learning from you. And I want to I, I wanna ask, are they taking advantage of the education that Leslie Uggams can bring to a set? Well, we do talk a lot. I, I, now, on the show, I haven't had that many scenes with Taraji, mm -hmm. so mostly mine are with Terrence. Terrence mm -hmm. and I talk about everything, music, mm -hmm. life. Uh, also, uh, Trey, who plays Andre, mm -hmm. we talk about everything. And people that I've worked with, he's always curious about them. And, yeah. and his beautiful wife, Grace, the same thing. So they will ask me questions. I'll tell them stories about things that happen. And, you know, they're, just, they're fascinated about mm -hmm. the... Uh, people that I got to work with uh, people that that I that I knew I I was very lucky because I came up at a time where I got to work with those legends that you didn't get to see a lot mm -hmm. um you know and and then those that you did like Sammy Davis Jr. and and Frank Sinatra mm -hmm. and Dean Martin you know I got I, <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I work with these people. And then I also got into working and, and knowing people like Elvis and because I played, you know, Vegas, Vegas. a lot and stuff oh. like that. So I got to know that, that genre of people. So I've, I've been very, very fortunate where I can look back on things and also be in the now mm -hmm. at the same time. So whenever they ask me a question or we're discussing something or, or we're talking about their work, you know, because I think they're so talented, um, a story of mine will always come out about something. Yeah, That's wonderful, Leslie Uggams with me here on The Curtain Call. And it's fascinating, too, because I do have the, the privilege of knowing your daughter. And um, one of the things that I think about now especially is that at the time that you were really having, like, the huge heyday of, like, constantly being everywhere and having to work, you know, you're also a mother. Yes. <laughs> How did, did you balance all of that during that time? Because that was, you know, we're talking Roots, we're talking um, uh, Jerry's Girls, we're talking all of this stuff, touring the country, doing all these other roles. How did you balance that? Well, luckily I have a husband that 
So we balanced it together uh, with, with Danielle and Justice, uh, son and daughter. Uh, we took them a lot when they weren't in school. Uh, of course, it was hard when they were uh, have to be in school and I had to go someplace, you know, because that's what I did and everything. But uh, holidays and stuff, we were together and they loved it. They loved uh being around show business mm -hmm. and and of course all the travels that we got be because of uh, my career and everything so they got to 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 go a, a lot of places but you know it's still you, you sacrifice moments that you can never get back because you are working but so is a normal family i mean they're sacri sacrificing moments too where they'd like to be there where you could see every little thing yeah. that your kids do uh, as they're growing up and everything but we we're very close we have a, a, a great bond, and, and uh, they have two wonderful grown-ups. So yeah. we did something right, because <laughs> everybody likes them. <laughs> it was so funny, too, because I remember when I met your daughter for at least a good two or three years that I, I, we were like always seeing each other with her, her partner, because he was the bartender at the restaurant I was working at. I had no idea. Yeah. That she was your daughter, and so when she finally just like said it one day, I just looked at her and said, "Really? <laughs> like, okay, how fabulous for all of us!" <laughs> She's really terrific, and, and that you know the BIV choir that Hello. she sings with is just amazing, mm -hmm. absolutely amazing, and she really loves you know being in, being involved in that. And That's us, with the Broadway inspirational voices. Yes, yes, and it's. Uh, just and spectacular, yeah. Because she too is kind of following a little bit in your 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 footsteps of really putting herself out there to do things. Because I, I sometimes I'll run into her on the street. She's like, oh yeah, I just came from an audition. I'm like, yeah, you got to hustle, right, sister? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and she also you know has done backup for Mariah Carey mm -hmm. and 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 Leslie Gore. She used to work a lot with Leslie Gore, so it was mm -hmm. quite a sad moment when we lost her so yeah. young and stuff like that. So she you know she does her thing. So and she gets to still be a mother but she also is fulfilling that that, that burning, burning desire yeah. that we all have in this crazy business right right wow miss leslie uggams with me here on the curtain call and you know i've been taking up so much of her time so we're going to be wrapping this up soon but i made a list of things that i kept thinking what do i want to talk to her about that would be really great so you know we've talked about you being a mentor we've talked about um working with the influences. One of the persons that we didn't talk about that I, you know, of course, if you're a theater fan, is your relationship with Marvin Hamlish. Uh, we went to school together. Yeah. So we started from uh, elementary to the time we graduated from, from uh, high school. So therefore, when he was writing, he had me singing them in, in school, oh. you know? And uh, we, he was funny as can be, very, very smart, mm -hmm. and of extremely talented. So uh, I got the benefit of that because uh, there was a lot of us in the school who sang mm -hmm. and stuff, and we'd put on shows, and uh, I'd sing some of his original songs and everything. Of course, when he became famous, I said, Where, <laughs> where's my song now? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> I sang those others in high school and junior those high. <laughs> you know, where's my what I did for love? Where's mine? <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, he was uh, he was quite something. It, the school was quite something. I mean, yeah. uh, everybody that went there was doing their thing, and we we were always putting on shows in high school and and having a bazaar where we were raising money. I remember uh, one year, Dinah Washington's sons went there for a year, 
And so uh, we had a bazaar and we were raising money and Dinah came in in a fabulous mink coat. She was always dressed to the nines. Swept in and bought all kinds of junk mm-hmm. and gave us $500. And I, I, I was, oh gosh, I'm so impressed. <laughs> you know I know her. <laughs> wow, wow. So, you know, I mean, and it's sort of like, and then you, you can just go down the list of all of the fab- fabulous and, and like we were talking earlier, people that you've worked with. And I always wonder, is there something that you learned from any one of them that you still hold on to today as you continue to move through your career? Well, uh, I studied acting. You know, a lot of people say to me, oh, you're you're acting and everything. Well, I started acting. I went to acting school since the time I was eight years old. Mm -hmm. So off and on, I was going to acting school. My first classmate was Sal Minio, as a matter of fact. <laughs> and then, and then, then Sal went on to become this the movie star. But I had such a crush on him because he was so gorgeous, and so sweet. Anyway, so off and on, I studied acting. I studied at the acting studio for a while with Bobby Lewis, and then uh, I wound up studying acting with uh, Stella Adler, who uh, my husband was studying with her because he was. I, I was doing Hallelujah Baby at the time, and right. he said, well, "Let me." see what she's going through the stories and so he started studying with her and she thought he was the next Marlon Brando and wanted him to you know do the whole wow. thing and Graham said no if I had started <laughs> when I was maybe a teenager but uh, wow. I'm, I'm not good you good, good, want to do this but I wound up studying with her and she changed my life and one thing she said never be boring when you're on that stage never be boring and I apply that when I'm on stage and I apply that when I'm doing film is be believable and find something that the audience is like, wow, what's it about that character, you know? Oh, Miss Leslie, thank you so much for hanging out with me. This is, you know, again, we could do this again and I, we can find another half an hour of conversation because I'm sure when I go back to my list, I'm going to go outside and start walking and go, damn, I should have asked her about this one. And I'm like trying to like, like I, I see where she has the Tony and the Emmy, so I don't have to ask, but it's very, very prominently displayed. So the, those of you who have the opportunity to visit like I do, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, you don't have to ask. And the Hirschfeld. Oh, my God, the Hirschfeld. Wow. Wow. It's so wonderful, though, when you look around and you see this. There it is, her first film. And, like, you look at this and you think to yourself now, is there any other roles? I mean, you've, you've managed to do a lot of really great things. Is there something still left in the canon of theater that if you have the time? Because, you know, she do got a new movie probably coming out, Deadpool, too soon. And don't forget about her on Empire. And with Oprah that's going to be yes, on HBO, wait, uh, Henrietta Lack. Uh, yes, wait, I had it just written down. The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks, which, again, bringing a piece of st- history that I didn't know about. It's like hidden figures to me now, just hearing about it. Exactly. Another situation where I went, how did I not know this? As you uh-huh. said, hidden, hidden fi- uh, figures, the same thing. I went, how did we not know about these three brilliant women, what they were doing? And Henrietta Lacks, who, till this day, mm-hmm. her uh, DNA... The, Gila mm-hmm. is still being used, mm-hmm. and not only did we not know it, but it took 
like 20 years for her family to even find out, find it out. Wow. It's a fascinating story. I love that. I love that. That's going to be on HBO at some point in time soon, right? Uh, like April 22nd, I think it's oh. coming. Oh, that's coming up. Oh, see? Again, look at that, me with my little before everybody else gets on the bandwagon. <laughs> wow. But that's, again, something else for you to look and see, and then I know, are you still working on this, the, the Lena Horn project that you were t- kind of doing, and then you did a, a run of it, I know, out in California, but I don't know, is it coming to New York? Are you going to work on that some more, or am I asking the wrong question? Please don't be bad, I'm sorry. Right now, it's treading water, oh, wow. okay. <laughs> you know, okay. so we, we'll see what happens. You know, I, I love doing it, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know what's going to happen with that. I, I'm working on something else. Lately, so we'll see. All you need to do, Miss Leslie, is get about mm, 15 to 20 charts of whatever it is you feel like singing and just go call up an orchestra and let's just have it and get it over with. (laughs) What are we we doing with all this other stuff? That's what you should be doing right now. I'm sorry, Graham, I'm sorry. (laughs) Here's, I don't know, unsolicited suggestion, but that's what I want. I want concert tour dates, I want to see her all over the country doing one nighters. Getting her like moment on. How about that? <laughs> we we we, <laughs> we talk about it off and on. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, as my career is so crazy. At one point, I, I was known only as the singer, right? And people say, "Oh, you, you act." And now it's like I'm known as the actress. And now, mm-hmm. do you sing? Right, right. You Let know. So we'll see. We. I mean, we have tons of stuff that Mm -hmm. we could do it's just trying to do it and it you know it's one thing I want to say the interesting thing about uh careers and stuff is people want to keep you in one kind of niche and so therefore if you're not doing singing 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 then the 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 musical kind of people forget that that that's what you do right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you, know you Google. That's what you do. You get on the Google. You pull up the YouTube. You go to the Amazon. I, see, that's just lazy. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I, that makes me mad for you. It's just, it's just lazy. You know, so it's, it's – and then trying to find the roles because there's not yeah. a lot of roles Broadway-wise. Mm-hmm. The one role that I did get to do, and I did it up at the University of Connecticut that was fabulous, I got to do Gypsy. <laughs> and the interesting thing I, already my mind just went right to Rose's turn I'm like ooh yes I was good and the thing about that was that when Bernadette did uh, Gypsy mm-hmm. on Broadway um, Arthur Lawrence had called me and said listen Bernadette is going to do a tour mm-hmm. and then I would love for you to take over the tour wow. but of course she never did never mm-hmm. did the tour and that was because he had seen me do the Lena Horn project on a in a workshop thing and he he just was blown away wow. blown away <laughs> I couldn't believe it I couldn't impress him when I did Hallelujah Baby but I impressed him doing the workshop of Lena and he you know he wrote me this incredible letter and we spoke and everything and he said oh my god you were just amazing in the Lena Horn thing he said uh, I'd love to see you do Gypsy. So when the University of Connecticut asked me to do it, I said, I think maybe Arthur's trying to tell me something. Mm-hmm. And so we wound up doing it up there. And wow. it, it was, 
It's such a great role. It's a great role. Because it's written well and the music is written yeah. well. And so, I mean, that is the role to play. Yeah. And I had a ball. It's like one of those shows that, again, like we were talking earlier about not getting a great review. Like, it, it wasn't that it wasn't well-reviewed. It just it didn't win a Tony. So you would think that that's why people don't think about it. But it's one of those shows that when you say Gypsy, everybody knows. When you hear those first three chords of the, the overture, you know it's da-da-da-da, you're there, you know? That's right. That's like I mean, it's, it's a fabulous, fabulous show. And, you know, uh, it's a great, a great role, and mm. uh, I enjoyed, you know, doing it. But there's, there's not a lot of those. And then also, <laughs> it, you, you need to be a certain age. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you may look good. <laughs> but when the character calls for a certain thing, <laughs> you, it has to be be right. You know, you don't want to be standing up there looking like Joan Crawford or Betty Davis trying to pretend a certain age, you know. <laughs> and the leading man then has to be in a wheelchair. That don't work. <laughs> Herbie, Herbie, turn up your hearing aid, heavy. <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, it does not matter because you know what? It's all about the choreography and staging. So she needs to have him in a wheelchair. He'll be in a wheelchair because it's Leslie Uggams, people. That's how it works. Oh, my God, Miss Leslie. I'm going to leave you alone because, girls, you, got, you have a day of things to do. She's got to get ready. She's going back to Chicago to start working on Empire again. Um, you can see her on Empire. You can listen. If you go and Google, go to uh, uh, LeslieUggams.com, and you will find out all of um, – about how you can get access to all of the music that she's recorded, including this. We were talking about uh, Up on the Roof from the Uptown Downtown CD, which is the latest in her collection. Um, what else is there? What, we should go out with something popping. What should we pop out with from the CD? Oh, gosh. Uh, I'm trying to remember. <laughs> what, what? What what I what I did on that CD? I did so many so many great so songs. many great songs in that. You know, we'll take the A train. How about that? Oh, okay, oh, yeah, right. all right, yeah, train. or, or e either that or uh, in any place I hang my hat is home. Oh, all right, well, you heard it. She has told me that's what's happening on the Uptown Downtown. Thank you, Miss Leslie, so much for hanging out with me. Wow, shut up, y'all. All right, and we'll be back. Wind that keeps a whispering.